Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. On this episode, we're going to start um, a series because uh, frankly, it's going to take as long as it takes to go through one of a book's that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Iron John, a book about men by Robert Bly. Now this came out in 1990. So um, apparently men have been dealing with feeling like something is missing for quite some time. Um, It hasn't started recently. I would say um, that the majority of things have not been fixed. Um, If you look at the general state of how most men are frankly dissatisfied uh, not leading in their lives the way that they should. And this had already started, hell, 1990s, about 30 years ago. Uh, the lack of leadership energy in TV shows, um, the fact that they make the dad just sort of the butt of all the jokes, right? And it just feels like, in general, people were missing something, and that started back then. Uh, Robert Bly decides to really dig deep and dissect the Brothers Grimm story, Iron John, uh, which sort of covers the importance of initiation into adulthood for males. Uh, Females have a natural initiation by nature, which men do not have. Uh, Men need to be brought into the the world of men from uh, the world of mothers that you start in as a boy by other men, as well as the importance of uh, mentorship. He decides to take a look at the older stories, um, since as most of us know, Uh, humans have offloaded a lot of their survival sort of instincts into culture because the more things that you can sort of download as a software that are not hardware um, allows the animal to be more adaptive, which is why humans are more adaptive than let's just say deer, which are born doing what deer are going to do, but they're never going to be able to modify themselves in a way that humans can. That's why we live everywhere and we're all over the place. Now, um, integrating some of this older uh, male energy let's call it leadership energy is not meant to be done like in some sort of domineering way over women Um, as stated before i don't think that women belong in the kitchen as some people would like to say nor do i think that uh, some of the early goals of feminism were bad Uh, frankly women should have been able to uh, own their own things we've talked about this before However, I feel that the model of masculinity that was handed down to us um, is not one that's going to be effective moving forward and being adequate partners as well as having fun and fulfilling lives of our own. Um, Either A, you have the 1950s male sort of model where you go to work and you provide um, and you're sort of direct, but you're also very emotionally closed off. And the 1950s male, because, you know, once again, like if you've seen Mad Men, you understand where I'm going with this. But he wasn't very sensitive because he doesn't need to be. Uh, Where's the woman going to go? She can't get her own stuff, right? Like she can't do anything. She basically has to deal with whatever you plan on doing. But I feel that the softer versions of men that come after that divorce themselves far too much from any masculine sort of quality 
and then they just end up being essentially a woman with a penis right later in relationship and she doesn't need you to be uh, a woman a feminine sort of beacon in a relationship she is already the feminine beacon in a relationship and to have two of those in ways that we've talked about before are not going to be helpful for a relationship now acknowledging our feminine sides has been good on the whole right we are far more receptive far more willing to talk about and engage with our emotions you lower your barriers between you and your partner and she really gets to know you but like as i mentioned before i feel like we end up a little being too soft um, some of us in the effort of being the complete opposite of our fathers go all the way to being people pleasing sort of soft nice guys who exhibit no leadership energy whatsoever and this is the plague of i don't know what do you want to do when it comes to dates instead of having a general idea um in mind whenever you go to ask someone out to do something in the first place and the general unwillingness to stake a stand and to put ourselves out there in any sort of way so um hopefully that this story and some of the things pointed out in this story click with for you the way they clicked for me um, initiation appears to be super important as well as just being comfortable with um, engaging with the the masculine energy in yourself learning how to harness the positive sides that go with the negative sides of masculine energy are going to be important if you're just going to feel good in your life so let's start with the story um, so as the story starts something strange is happening in this kingdom there is a forest near the king's castle that when people go into, they disappear. They've sent search parties into this castle, into this forest, you know, of 20 or 30 or more people, but they always never return. So people stopped going there. One day, a hunter shows up and asks if there is anything dangerous to do. The king says that he could mention the forest, but when people go out, they don't return. Now that's exactly what the hunter's looking for because he's bought that action. So he goes into the forest with his dog and they stumble across a pond. A hand reaches up and pulls the dog into the water. So the hunter assumes that this must be the place. This is why so many people are disappearing from here. So he goes back to the castle and he gets three more men with buckets. In time, uh, what they find at the bottom of the pond is a large man covered in reddish hair. Um, and just in case you missed that, him and three other men spent time bucketing out water of this lake. Uh, now, the men take him back to the castle and put him in an iron cage. The king calls him Iron John, locks him in a cage, and gives the key to the queen. So, uh, Robert Bly states that when a contemporary man looks into a psyche and into a place that he usually never looks, if the conditions are right, he will notice an ancient hairy man. In the past, hair was associated with ins the instinctive, the sexual, and the primitive uh, things that people are sort of afraid to get in touch with now. Uh, because they're quote-unquote not supposed to be that way. You can't deny the very basis of what makes you a man. It just needs to be tempered into something that functions well in modern society. He goes on to state that the majority of men have not even begun the bucketing process. Like mentioned before, um, a lot of us, especially if you didn't have a strong masculine presence or the experience that you've had with the masculine energy in the past was uh, in the negative type of sense because you had some sort of domineering or abusive relationship with it. People tend to avoid it and not want to look at it. Uh, so they're even afraid to have even started 
to connect with this sort of energy in the first place, this life-giving, life-affirming energy. As mentioned before, you can't have the positives without the negatives, but this also means that if you are so worried about not uh, engaging with any of the negative aspects of masculinity, that you will also throw out all positive aspects that go along with that. Now, in search of why some of us feel that life is just sort of gray, um, why a lot of the things that we do don't turn out right, why don't we receive the respect that we believe we deserve, have looked into, well, there may be something that I've been missing and have started to sort of do some of this work to reconnect with the some core aspects of ourselves, um, that bucketing out work of the lake, as it's called in the story, and have brought the wild man into the courtyard. Uh, now, this means that sometimes this energy is on display. You're able to laugh, have fun. You're not as rigid or as tame, quote unquote, as society would like you to be, right? As good little boys who are just going to do what they're told all the time. Uh, you're willing to take a stand for yourself, have a backbone, show some leadership energy, but also have a good time as well. Now, now, um, but him being in the courtyard still implies that the wild man is locked up into a cage. Now, this is better than completely, completely disowning this part of ourselves. However, it's not as good as having fully accepted that there are just some traits that you have and there's no need um, to place a positive or negative judgment on these things just because you feel a certain type of way as long as you aren't acting out on some of these um, urges or whatever it may be as connective to masculine energy and just as a concrete example right just because someone makes you mad and it makes you feel aggressive does not mean that you have to hit them or whatever right or engage in violence uh, sometimes the use of force is necessary um, in modern context, the majority of the time is not. But just because you felt that way doesn't make those feelings bad as long as you don't act out on those feelings in the moment. Um, now, you could use that same aggressive energy and that can give you the motivation that you need to get back to work, to improve yourself on a skill, and then change your situation, right? That, that energy is a neutral force. What you've decided to do with that energy is positive or negative. Now, let's continue with the story the loss of the golden ball. Now, one day the king's eight-year-old son is playing with his golden ball in the courtyard. His ball accidentally rolls into Iron John's cage, and if he wants to get it back, he's going to have to walk up to the hairy man and ask him for it. Now, an eight-year-old boy talking to a big hairy man in a cage, this is obviously going to be a little intimidating and scary, um, but it's something that has to be done. Now, in this story, the golden ball represents a wholeness um, that we have as children. If you have seen a child recently and just from coming back from you know, Christmas uh, gathering recently, and some of my future in-laws here have children, the exuberance, the type of excitement that the, the kids have for life is just waking up and making all sorts of random noise. Uh, we tend to lose that as we get older, right? Life tends to beat us down a little bit. And that enthusiasm, that zest that you used to have, um, it sort of disappears, that radiant energy, right? So the the gold, the ball is gold, just like the sun. Um, so it has its own inner energy. It does not need energy from somewhere else. It also uh, is it's self-motivated and wants to express itself without uh, being concerned about what others may, may think, right? Now, as modern men, how do we get this ball back, right? How does one recapture this sort of energy in their lives and stop going about where every day just seems uh, sort of gray? 
Now, the 60s culture as a um, sort of pushback against the super rigid 50s madman sort of guy tried to tell us that um, by being more receptive, sensitive, cooperative, and non-aggressive as in entering the realm of the feminine, that that is where we would get the ball back. In general, these traits are not bad, as I've mentioned before. However, when taken too far, you become far too passive. And frankly, it's hard to get anything done in that way, uh, one. But um, if you were, if a woman was going to be honest, she doesn't want some super passive pushover of a guy either. You don't have to be like some giant muscle man to be a protector, but you need to be willing to make decisions because if you aren't going to make decisions and she has to do everything, then what does she need you for? Uh, what sort of partner are you when you just rely on her to do everything and you just sort of hang around, right? You need to bring value to the table. And in a modern concept, uh, this is what value looks like. In the older Iron John story, um, the ball is with the wild man, which in this uh, in the Brothers Grimm story represents the connection with the with the deep masculine. Um, some of the traits that can, uh, you know, if not tempered and worked with correctly, could be uh, seen as destructive. It is not in the feminine. It is kept with the uh, the wild man. So the wild man energy is about forceful action taken, not with cruelty, but with resolve. The willingness to get things done, uh, to push through obstacles. Now, this is different than macho energy, which tends to have a tinge of cruelness to it. And cruelness in this context is defined as the initiation of undue suffering, causing violence for the sake of violence, not because uh, you had some sort of adversary in the way and you just needed to accomplish the goal and things just sort of were what they were. Now, the wild man is not anti-civilization, but is not entirely civilized either. He has edges. He sets boundaries. Um, he's essentially a real whole person, not a good little boy uh, who does what he is told, but is willing to think and act for himself. So the first step in getting the ball back is you have to ask for it. And you can only do this if you have started um, some work of reconnecting with this energy. Um, if you're afraid of it due to some of the things that we mentioned before that you think uh, getting in touch with your the masculine side of yourself is going to turn you into some domineering asshole, then this won't be possible to do, right? The wild man has to be brought into the courtyard, aka you must have begun the process of integrating some of the, uh, the traits that you have sort of cast aside um, before you can even begin to ask for the ball back in the first place. Like I said, the story mentions a bucketing out process, which means this is going to take time, discipline. It's not something that you can get done over a weekend. You may have to spend some time in meditation. Perhaps you've never really challenged yourself. Uh, so you go out and join some sort of, let's just say, mixed martial arts class or like a swim team something where it's going to be physically challenging for you where you can get out and sort of explore an energy inside of yourself that you've never done um, and then to show up and continue to engage with this energy over a long period of time uh, if you have a history of not standing up for yourself or just sort of going along with things that you don't want to go along with uh, the next time you have that feeling that you're being forced to do something you don't want to do instead of just going along with it you need to stand up for yourself and say something and now as you continue to engage with this energy, uh, you will be able to mold it into a way that's going to be uh, productive.
Now, obviously, uh, because you still have your old ways of being, you're not going to get this perfect. And it's always about a, it's a becoming process, right? Not an arriving process. You never really arrive. You just integrate better behaviors that make you feel um, more whole. Now, uh, the wild man isn't just going to give the ball back to you because you asked. Carl Jung has stated that all successful requests with the psyche involves deals. Um, and in the book, Robert Bly uses the example of New Year's resolutions. So if you are lazy, it is much easier to get yourself to do something by saying, well, I'll just start it for a few minutes and then I will take a break instead of imagining, you know, what are you going to do when you go to the gym uh, for the New Year's resolution example? Like if you want to imagine what your entire year is going to look like in the gym and how you're going to get up and do this stuff for five days a week for 365 days a year, you are never going to get started versus if you set a small mini goal with yourself that I'm just going to get up, put my clothes on and go to the gym. Now, once you get to the gym, um, your momentum will sort of carry you on into working out. But you were able to get there by making the small deal with yourself first. You want to chunk all of your goals down into little goals and then just ignore the later steps, right? It's about getting started first and you can add new things on. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. So let's return to the story. Now, in the story, the wild man agrees to give the ball back if the boy opens the cage. Now, the boy frightened runs off. Um, and this is where a lot of people give up. In the story, this section represents... Um, what happens when people start to do this work? Maybe you connected with some masculine energy and you had some pushback in your relationships from people who are used to you, frankly, being a pushover, not willing to stand up for yourself or just not used to you taking a leadership role. And to them, that seems weird, right? So um, you decide that maybe it's better off if I don't do this, if I don't connect with what feels natural and good to me. Um, so you run away and you never come back. Now, in the story, it says the boy returned the next day, uh, but in real life, this could be years, years of feeling like there's something missing, years of feeling like um, I'm not living up to my highest potential, years of toiling away in a shitty job that you could not care less about, but because you lack any motivation or the belief in yourself that you even have the energy required to get something done that you never bothered to do it in the first place. Now, because the masculine in general gets a bad rap, and, uh, you know, the news with quote unquote toxic masculinity, which, as I said before, is just bad boy behavior and not true masculinity in the slightest. Uh, perhaps you decide that it's too dangerous and that you don't uh, you don't want to be in touch with it at all. Right. There's many different reasons why people turn back and decide to live in a way that uh, society tells them that they should live in, um, even though they don't really want to live that way. And if you asked uh, women with partners that they thought were too passive, they don't want you to be that way either. So as I stated, the next day, the boy comes back and re-engages re with the wild man. Uh, so this could be that delay, like I mentioned, um, that the piece of time that instead of you deciding to live in a life that you do not want to live, full of energy that um, you do not like, right? It's a sort of passivity through life, sort of gliding through it like you have more than one shot at this that at least anybody remembers. That you come back to the wild man and say, you know what? Can I have my ball back? And the wild man once again replies, sure, if you let me out of the cage. Now, instead of running away, this time the boy replies back, how can I do that when I don't even know where the key is? 
Now, this is important, right? Just being willing to engage with this sort of energy is a big step instead of running away in fear. For most of us, we don't even know where the key is to let the wild man out of the cage. People spend years sort of searching for it. Uh, because, and it's not like we forgot, like, oh, we've had this thing inside of us all along. We just have the ability to open it. Uh, no, you never knew where the key was in the first place. So the previous part in the story details that the that when the hunter returns, the hunter gives the key to the king, who in turn gives the key to the queen for safekeeping. So when the boy asks the uh, Iron John where the key is now, Iron John replies that the key is underneath your mother's pillow. Now, Robert Bly goes on to state that the pillow represents all of the expectations that your mother has for you, the dreams of you being a doctor, a lawyer, uh, frankly, a quote-unquote good member of society, uh, you living in a way that she would deem as appropriate. And if you um, lacked a positive masculine influence in your life, or if you were raised by a single mother, um, as we mentioned in the... No More in Mr. Nice Guy book, uh, there tends to be a connection with your mother there that will need to be severed before you can, one, truly connect with yourself, and two, then truly connect with a feminine partner and make her the the highest woman um, in your life, right? It is my um, understanding, and many men sort of believe, that uh, your woman will never be number one in your life. That's sort of mission. But right after that, she comes in at number two. Um, now, any good woman is going to be supportive of your mission, or at least a good woman for you. And if she, because really, she doesn't want to be the focal point of all your time and energy in the first place. Uh, so usually we're, we're going to go here that the mission is going to be number one and that your woman is going to be number two. Now, if your mother is number two and then your woman is number three, that's going to cause problems in your relationship. Uh, she needs to know that you're going to be there for her first um, and not go running back to your mom like a little mama's boy. Now, this does not mean that I'm saying you should just stop talking to your mother. I'm saying that the relationship if you have something that may be considered a little too close, may need to have some distance um, worked into it first before you're going to really be able to even welcome a woman into your life in the first place. Now, it makes sense for the mother to have the key and not the father to have the key because it is, um, at least in the old school way of storytelling, and frankly, how it works out anyway, because if uh, a little boy comes to his dad after doing something stupid, you're probably going to say, oh, OK, cool, versus what the mother would like you to do, which is to tell him not to do that again. Right. And a modern example of this is that in the Harry Potter movie, when the Weasley brothers use the car to steal Harry Potter without the parents knowing, the mother wants the father to chastise the children while the father was like, oh, cool, how did that go? Right? Like, how did the car fly when you stole it? Didn't really care that you stole it because uh, it is not a father's job to sort of civilize a boy, quote unquote. Uh, what a father is going to do with a son comes in later. Now, asking for the key uh, will do you no good because it is a mother's job to civilize um, her son and she instinctually sort of knows what will happen um, maybe to your relationship if she just hands you uh, the key. And frankly, if you have to ask for the key and instead of just going out 
to get it. Um, you probably don't deserve it or you're not really uh, ready to work for it anyway. So it's not easy to get. And if you are going to get it, you have to take it. Now, as the story goes, it is said that a day will come when your mother and father aren't home. And this means that the thoughts and expectations of your parents aren't just going to be running in your mind one day. Um, so you're going to be willing to stand up for a different sort of life to match with an energy that you feel um, you're just sort of ready to engage with. And that is the day to steal the key. Now, one day the boy stole the key and brought it back to the cage to open it. As he did so, he pinched one of his fingers. The wild man is free at last, and it's clear that he will return to the forest. Now the boy is at a crossroads. Does he stay in the castle, i.e. live with his mother and father's expectations, or does he go with him? The boy says, wait a minute, if my parents come home and they see you are gone, they will beat me. The wild man replies, that's good thinking, you better come with me. So the wild man lifts the boy up on his shoulders and together they go off into the woods. Now as the boy leaves, he has to overcome his initial fears of the unknown. The fears of what the wild man represents. Fear of instinct, wildness, irrationality, uh, the body, because most of us live in our heads and are very disconnected from our bodies, emotion, and nature. Now Iron John isn't as primitive as the boy as a stand-in for the mind imagines but the boy doesn't know that yet connection with uh the physical is not primitive it's just different it's not um given the same sort of respect as a tool as the mind is because most of us do mind work um or at least the jobs where the work is done by the mind tend to pay a little bit better or even if they don't pay a little bit better are held in higher prestige you know than something that uh, someone works physically so example is when someone says they're like a researcher or you know I, i'm a teacher or a tenure teacher at a at a university versus someone says that oh i'm a master plumber or master electrician electrician people tend to hold that teacher uh, in a higher regard even though they may make less money or frankly provide less of a service to their community than the plumber or the electrician purely because the plumber or electrician does a physical job. Now, the boy choosing to leave with Iron John represents a clean break from the expectations of the mother and father, um, which allows you to sort of step into being your own man, willing to make your own decisions, right? You, you keep the, the positive lessons, but you don't just live your life according to how someone else wants you to live it. Iron John says to the boy, you will never see your mother and father again, but I have treasures for you more than you will ever need. So that is that. Um, now in the next section of the book, which we'll go over next week, it's sort of, uh, Iron John becomes a mentor to the boy as the boy goes from being sort of eight to maybe 16, 17, as you'll see next week, and the importance of male mentorship and sort of finding your own way in the world is going to be illustrated there. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I like the audio book for this one on Audible. It's about 12 hours or so, but the narration is very well done. In any case, I will continue to break down this book over the next few weeks. And with that, I love you guys. Be good to each other, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. 
Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.